All right, here we go. Why, hello, everybody. Welcome back to We Are the Queen podcast. I am your host, April. Sarah is not able to be with us today because she is down in the depths of her studies in school, three classes at a time. I don't know how she is doing it, but here we are. So today I have a wonderful lady individual she runs her own podcast ready to be petty tori welcome thank you so much for having me uh, i feel like we know each other <laughs> 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 even though we're meeting for the first time so this is so nice thanks for having me yeah it's the power of our virtual community where we just we get each other <laughs> It's totally. so weird. It's so weird. Totally. It's so nice. It's the thing that I didn't know that would come out of podcasting. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's honestly, it's one of the things that saved me during the pandemic where it's like 100% talking about bullshit and The Bachelor and then just meeting all these people virtually. It's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah, for me too. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself, Tori. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I just turned 30. <gasps> 30? <laughs> yeah, so big milestone. I live in Victoria, BC. Mm -hmm. I work at a university in student programming. Oh, wow. And I host Ready to be Petty. So oh, there you go. I, yeah, I feel like those are my like... You know, that's my little elevator pitch. <laughs> <laughs> so in the university, do you just help students find their way through their university life or how does yeah. that work? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I work actually for an office that does a lot of student programming like orientation. Um, but I primarily actually do like consent education. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I used to work kind of more on the front lines of student crises. Mm -hmm. And then about three years ago, I started doing more of the preventative education programming. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, um, I have a team of students. It's a peer, their peer education programs. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, we're talking about consent and supporting survivors of sexualized violence and bystander intervention and how you can intervene if you see something, um, you know, at, at the bar, in your classrooms, wherever. And yeah, I've been doing that for three years now and I really enjoy it. But obviously there's some heavier elements to mm -hmm. that and I feel like I like to offset that with you know pop culture and like <laughs> levity and like just talking shit about someone's like I don't know bad acting in a movie or something like that just to like blow off some steam <laughs> I I love that as a coping mechanism because like <laughs> you're never you're never going to meet Harry Styles did he spit on Chris Pine we don't know it kind of looked like it yes and yes. just kind of talk the shit and just mm -hmm. let you know just let everything go especially in the the work that you do I can't only imagine mm. how the vicarious trauma from all of that. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that was something that I didn't really know about Mm -hmm. until I started doing more frontline work about, so that would have been about five years ago. And then even Mm -hmm. just doing these peer education programs when students and other participants are in the workshops they share from their lived experience Mm -hmm. um as well as like we are always trying to keep our curriculum up to date culturally sensitive um relevant to the current student body so we're doing um research and consultation so you're hearing from students that Mm -hmm. are directly you know impacted by violence or the you know bureaucracy of the institution etc so yeah I didn't really know about you know just holding things that aren't (laughs) aren't yours yes but you still have them so until I started doing this work and it's funny because it has shifted my um like my pastimes like I really don't watch a lot of like heavy tv shows like Mm. people are always like like this is not a up-to-date reference like let's watch game of thrones let's watch like (laughs) breaking bad or like something like that and I'm like Mm -hmm. I I literally can't I will Mm -hmm. watch the Kardashians or like something like that yeah and before it was more of like a mix of two, but yeah, it is straight up changed my, um, you know, like viewing habits and stuff. I just, I can't have anything else heavy on my plate. Like, yeah. well, and you know, obviously out kind of outdated, uh, the game of Thrones, like absolutely. Like I can't imagine doing the work that you do and then watching some of yeah. those scenes in the sprinkled in, um television shows and especially game of thrones but totally totally and like it's like you can kind of talk yourself out of it like it's made up it's a fantasy Mm -hmm. tv show like that type of stuff but like even just being a passive viewer is just yeah too too much i'll (laughs) be thinking about it for days (laughs) yes i oh oh gosh yeah i i do wonder that Hopefully, if I get through school and depending on the kind of direction I go in, because like there's so many avenues I want to go through. But I also wonder if I'm going to go through something similar where it's like I don't want to watch certain shows like Game of Thrones, where it's like I don't want to add more onto the trauma of stories that I'm hearing from people's lives. Um, So that's so that's so fascinating and thank you for the work that you do because it's <laughs> so important and you're amazing thank you mm-hmm. thank you so um was this like a pilot project or has this um sector of the university existed for a while mm, that's a good question it actually came about um in 2017 mm-hmm. so um yeah a little over five years ago okay um but there has always been um i don't want to downplay some of the work of like the student societies advocacy groups there's Mm -hmm. there's always been 
supports for students on campus, mm-hmm. but actually from the university. It started in about 2017, okay. um, which is where I came in um, when actually federally, we, we both live in Canada mm-hmm. for those listening, but federally it was mandated to have some type of um, response. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, response and education to um, any disclosures or reports regarding sexualized violence. So, um, yeah, my office was one of the answers to, to a government mandate. Um, and yeah, that's where I came in, but there's been obviously people doing this work, um, Mm -hmm. you know, since the university started. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad to hear because it, it, it triggered a memory that like, because of the Me Too movement and how it just kind of uh, spread worldwide as it should, um, how the the federal government expected that from the education system. Exactly. Yeah, there was a lot of people who started coming forward. I think yeah, from movements like the Me Too movement, and thank God they're, you know. Um, pushes in the media and newspapers and stuff like that were were answered and um yeah you know it's always seems to be like that the the people that are impacted most are you know fighting for mm-hmm. the more systemic changes and stuff and mm-hmm. we don't have it perfect for sure but um yeah we're we're always i think moving forward Mm-hmm. So since um, obviously advocacy groups from the students and uh, individuals like yourselves, um, you said how there's been a lot of support for students um, who need the help when they need it mm-hmm. or, or the education to mm-hmm. better themselves. Um, but is there, um, or I guess maybe, what is your opinion on like support for staff such as yourself? Mm-hmm. Because in my background, we don't have a lot of support for the work that we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is such a good question. For sure. Like, I definitely think that there could be more. I feel like I'm well situated because my office is really trying to live out the values we hold with these education pieces and extend it to ourselves Mm -hmm. instead of just you know the client per se Mm -hmm. being the student body and so I feel really lucky that I get that but you're totally right like with staff you know often there's limits to what insurance will cover for counseling mm-hmm. or if you specifically need you know um incident debriefing or or those pieces mm-hmm. um and you find your pockets of of support throughout you know your staff team and your colleagues mm-hmm. more of that informal support but mm-hmm. yeah you're totally right sometimes a lot of the formal um you know, services, like, we kind of forget about ourselves almost. I know. Like, I know. like, it's just, sometimes it's not even the fault of, you know, you just, 
if you're in the helping profession, I just feel like the shadow side of the helping profession is like sometimes you don't extend it to yourself. It's mm-hmm. it's all for, you know, the client. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And sorry if you, everyone, if you can hear the washing machine, it's in the room next to me. It's just the way things are situated in my house. Anyways. Um, no, I absolutely agree. Cause like, I feel like, especially when you're a helping personality and in a helping profession, I think there's just something about that personality type where you just struggle to take care of yourself or give permission to take care of yourself. And the older I've gotten, like I've gotten a little bit better about it, but especially in the last couple of years, it was really hard to take care of myself because like, you know, all of my coping mechanisms were like taken away or like put on hold and, then you're working with children who's going through the absolute worst. And I just wonder like, how can we do better about taking care of ourselves without waiting until the very last minute? Yeah. That's the thing is oftentimes in helping professions we do, but it's because we're like on the brink of burnout Mm -hmm. and uh, we're like self-destruction and I always talk with colleagues about how can we build capacity? How can we, yeah, yeah, build capacity for for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really hard to do because that in itself is exhausting. So if you're already doing exhausting and taxing work, like, you know, like I said, I can't even watch a freaking TV show. <laughs> like, so it, it, sometimes it's difficult. But... Yeah, it's so important. And I think like when we were chatting before recording, I've been thinking a lot about there was this huge boom in self-care and Mm -hmm. doing things for the individual. But as you mentioned with staff supports, like moving it more to collective care and, um, you know, connecting with your community. Um, yeah, to to support yourself and to be able to sustain yourself. So I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Yeah, I I completely relate, Tori, because um in my line of work, um, I I don't know if you knew this. I work with children on the autism spectrum, Down syndrome, hard of hearing, learning disabilities. I I've been doing this for professionally for a little over eight years, I think, and it just befuddles me <laughs> that yes <laughs> befuddles yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it befuddles me how in you know training sessions and training groups how we're taught that the initial statement is like if you don't take care of yourself how do you take care of these kids and which is mm-hmm. true mm-hmm but then it just completely rids the responsibility uh, from the administration side. Yes. Yes. And it's like, I would love to go for a spa day with a massage. Oh, but I'm barely making above minimum wage. 100%. Like, yeah. What? And especially in those professions where time, yeah, time and money mm-hmm. are 
some of the most important factors of self-care mm-hmm. and or good insurance plans or whatever and a lot of these helping professions lack both of those things mm-hmm. and you're totally right it takes the pressure and the responsibility of administration and you know the higher-ups the supervisors etc oh yeah and puts it on the person mm-hmm. And then the shame and guilt around that, because you're right, that has been the messaging for, you know, a decade or whatever. Oh, yeah. And then when I am not doing those things, I feel like you feel like called out. You're like, okay, well, I'm not managing. I'm not practicing self-care. I'm not building in the time in my schedule or whatever. And a lot of that, it's not fair. Like, I know that there's been some, like, I feel like radical pitches at my office being like, how about we all get a day off? And that's the day that, you know, we're tapping into our benefits of and getting acupuncture and going mm-hmm. for a massage and seeing our counselor or whatever that looks like mm-hmm. and for you. Or like, I don't know, there's been these kind of, ideas floating around but yeah it sucks when that is an additional thing put on you know the person that's already pretty stretched thin Mm -hmm. oh absolutely it makes it triggered the memory and it was fairly recent too where um you know working with the population that i do and their families like i do enjoy that work i understand I understand to a certain degree about what they're going through, but then, you know, at a pandemic and lack of resources for these families, it was really tough to watch Mm -hmm. and to experience with them. We somehow made it through for the most part, but there were so many people who work in my position that were just dropping like flies. Yeah. They tried to get support from administration and I went through this too where I was like I am on the brink of collapse I'm on the brink of I just want to stay in bed for three months I'm and I'm still somehow acing my classes in university (laughs) leave me alone (laughs) and you know I asked please I need like some sort of mental health care like to find me something anything And so my supervisor, bless her heart, and I genuinely mean that, um, she tried to advocate for me Mm -hmm. as well as my peers who do this work. Mm -hmm. And she called me one day and like, she sounded like sad and disgusted, like a mixture between the two where I'm sorry, April, like you don't qualify for the mental health care. And I was like, you're kidding So what does it take to qualify for it? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And that's such a gross, like, colonial, like, Mm -hmm. idea that you're right, that there's these, um, you know, that, that what is, are you only taking rock bottom, like, Mm -hmm. people? Like, I just to have to quantify something like mm-hmm. um so personal and stuff like that just seems so gross like mm-hmm. yeah 
it's it's tough it's really tough <laughs> yeah it's I, ugh, oh my gosh so it also makes me think of uh we we talked about this really briefly before we started recording but the entire like individualism versus collectivism and how complete polar opposites those ideas work in society and how western cultures are still very stuck in individualism and when the pandemic started it like sh quickly shifted to collectivism for a hot minute and then all of a sudden ah now we're like so far back into individualism um what are your thoughts on that yeah it's so true and like how many times i don't know if this has been your experience but like how many times has someone talked to you about those first couple weeks months of the pandemic when everyone was you're right helping their community uh-huh like so many people talked to me about that about like how that was you know what they were looking for in you know their their own community and their friends and the circles around them and it's so funny because we went back right to normal and then now we're like thinking it like we're almost idealizing that that time mm -hmm. but yeah i just think that well i just think that self-care care for your yourself <laughs> <laughs> there's so many different aspects to that mm -hmm. and i think often we think of or the first things that we think of are like physical like are you eating nutrition tricit nutritiously are you getting in some type of movement are you sleeping mm -hmm. that are you brushing your teeth like that type yeah. of, of care and then you like seeing a counselor or getting support that way for your like mental and emotional well-being but i just think and obviously a lot of other people think this way too i'm i'm pulling from um something I didn't make up obviously but there's just so many other ways to take care of yourself like connecting with your community being involved in your community um, learning from community members um, connecting with the land that you're on and yeah how that's often kind of discounted or disregarded and just how important those pieces are to you know make up the the puzzle that is like you know maintaining your your mental health or mm -hmm. whatever that looks like for you so yeah I just feel like we often do the individual route like you know a one-on-one -on -one counseling session or meds and again that's part a piece of the puzzle but the mm -hmm. other pieces of the puzzle i think are connecting with community um being out in nature um mm -hmm. you know doing those things too yeah. and yeah i think those are just as important and just as valid and yeah mm -hmm. so i've just been thinking a lot about that lately or like how can 
not just me by myself, but how can me and my friend group, how can me and my colleagues mm-hmm. um, contribute to, you know, our well-being? Mm-hmm. And like work together. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, it's such a balance because in, in my mind, I there's like two things going at the same time where I think collectively, like we have to work together in order to take care of each other, like you said. Yes. But I also believe, like, to receive the help, granted, I understand uh, access of resources or lack thereof, which is should be part of the collective yes. movement. Yes, yes. But I also believe, like, it is the individual's responsibility to seek the help, seek the treatment, because we we as a collective cannot make someone stop drinking alcohol or stop taking the drugs and i understand it's hard at that point because the the brain chemistry when you're dealing with like substance abuse like they're so far into like getting that dopamine and serotonin and all the boosts that your brain needs to like feel happy (laughs) um Mm -hmm. or like with alcohol like you're so stuck in your trauma and like you're trying to like relieve yourself and numb yourself from it um but again it's like we can't we can't make someone seek help and treatment but at the same time like we need to have the options there of course yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah like the you know, there has to be a kernel of hope and willingness <laughs> from the individual. But yeah, the onus isn't 100% on, you know, you. And I feel like that that's been the messaging. And I just, yeah, I just feel like, like I, it's so funny. And like, sometimes it's the it's the dumbest thing, but I'll be like in such a depression hole. Like I haven't left my house in five days. Like, oh god, that yeah. Stuff, and then I'll hang out with my friends, and I'll be like, oh, this is like what life like. <laughs> like, oh. like, yeah, like it's just it's so funny how just like sometimes that's the remedy, and mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's just it's so interesting because you're like. I feel like at least from from my perspective like when I'm depressed it's like what it's, it's just so hard to get to the next level of a little less depressed before <laughs> before you get to you know zero or like I did it <laughs> yeah yeah like if you're at like minus 10 and you're just trying to get back to your baseline mm-hmm. um it's really tough to just move in that direction but it's so funny just like how sometimes and maybe this is very oversimplistic and I don't want to also discount um you know really severe depression and and stuff like that that Mm -hmm. can't just be remedied by hanging out with your friends but it's just so funny that um you can be so in the hole and and yeah then you connect with your community and then you get to maybe minus five and then you can, you know, better, um, you know, call the counselor, um, um, continue your meds, like Mm -hmm. all of those things. So yeah, just kind of getting over that initial hump, I think is, is really tough. And Mm -hmm. I'm just finding a lot of it is, yeah, taking care of ourselves collectively versus, you know, 
just by yourself struggling. <laughs> <laughs> like you said earlier, like, I really miss that first two weeks of the pandemic where like just everyone stopped and like just started cheering for each other and supporting one another. Like, what can I do to help you through these next few weeks? Because <laughs> silly us, we thought it would be over in like a month. <laughs> I know, I know. Like, two and a half years, years later, still waiting for my fourth booster. But yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like, it's like, how many messages did you get? Or people just literally like, I have some friends that, you know, live in different cities mm -hmm. and they would call and they're just like, I just want to touch base with you and yeah. catch up with you. And I miss you and I love you. And that type of connection gets lost in the hustle bustle of the mm -hmm. world and yeah it's just so interesting of like you know people would be like oh I'm doing my one grocery sh shop can I um you know pick anything up for you or just like anything like that that you know still happens but to a lesser degree and yeah I just you know we want to make life easier for the people we love and care about and the communities that we live in and yeah it's I've just been thinking a lot more about that lately absolutely it helps me feel less alone because mm -hmm. <laughs> like my inner mind theater in the back of my mind I'm just like oh that first two weeks of the pandemic mm, so nice literally <laughs> literally yeah and it, it's like what made it nice we were going through a global pandemic it's like having time to do things you know Mm -hmm. we were at home but to you know catch up on the tv show to bake something you haven't like we just had time to mm -hmm. um to sit with um you know our thoughts and and action some of those and mm -hmm. we didn't have all these responsibilities and pressures and um yeah, and, and then and then yeah, people were coming out of the woodwork to to support one another. So, community support, time, um, away from you know the the grind of each day, like that's really what we're talking about. And those things don't have to just come about with a global pandemic. They can be things that we build into our current society. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to be pardon me, <laughs> to be present in the moment. And yeah. I finally went, had, had the opportunity to be present in the moment um, when we went to visit my parents and like, we weren't on our phones as much. Like we were able to see friends. I was able to see my co-host Sarah for the first time, like for the first time in like three years. And it was just so nice to just be with them and mm -hmm. have experiences together and it's like I mm -hmm. hope it's not another three years before we're able to do that <laughs> but totally. yeah I think yeah. like you know we, we live in a capitalistic society where the hustle and bustle is like number one because if you don't hustle and bustle hard enough you're going to fall behind and it, that creates another slew of 
anxiety and depression and ugh. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny because I always think about it. Like I, I find it really tough to, you know, kind of see where you started with certain things and then where you're at. Mm -hmm. And I first started to go to therapy because my job, I was, um, the role, um, was dissolved. It wasn't continuing after my contract ended. So, I was going through like a career identity crisis mm -hmm. and that's when I first started going to therapy and then because all of my like self-worth was tied up in my job identity mm. and it's just so funny how I'm just thinking when when you were talking about how all of you know even the your accomplishments and the prestige of your job is is number one in mm -hmm. in capitalist societies i just was thinking about how you know how i was seven years ago or whatever and then w what i'm at now where mm -hmm. i my output isn't what is tied to my net worth or my self-worth, not my net worth. This isn't. <laughs> oh my. This, yeah. Now, now we're back, back to the business podcast. Like, <laughs> but my, yeah, your output's not tied to like my whole self-identity and mm -hmm. my self-worth and how, um, you know, like I got rid of those notions over a really long time, but mm -hmm. uh, that your job has to be, um, you know, the thing that you live and die by and, and that it has to be like prestigious to like impress people that you like don't know, like just those types of things that you get so wrapped up in. And then, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see, you know, where you started and, and where you're at. And the power of therapy, baby. <laughs> I know, literally, literally. I love it. Yeah. Love it. One hundred percent. Like that's truly what it is attributed to. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's yeah. What an interesting few years it has been. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's so interesting. You know, I I try not to read the news so much because that's depressing in and of itself. But it's also been so interesting to see, like, how people have, like, taken the last few years and just have gone in a new direction and, like, had the chance to focus on what really makes them happy and taking risks for themselves and on themselves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think when our, again, our physical health with COVID, et cetera, was in jeopardy mm -hmm. um we started to yeah look within of what how things were going it was a big check-in for people like, like we need to have more of those more of those with ourselves mm -hmm. um and yeah i think it opened our eyes to a lot of things and I think it you fundamentally shifted a lot of things for folks so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just wonder what the next few years is going to bring because like I I don't know how you feel about it Tori but how it feels like everything's kind of at not really at a standstill 
but it feels like we're just kind of floating almost. Yes. I don't know what that is, but it's, I 100% think that like, it's weird. So I, again, I, I just turned 30 mm-hmm. like two weeks ago. And when you turn 30, <laughs> <laughs> not third, not even 30 specifically, but I feel like when you change decades, you, you take you take account of what's going on. With what life. is happening? Yes. Like, <laughs> you, you start looking within again. And it's weird how the last couple weird years have felt temporary. Like even I moved apartments and sometimes I think like my apartment is like a temporary thing or like this in between. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just so weird how... Yeah, things in our real life can shift the way we mm-hmm. perceive our current lives or how we look back at the the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I, I feel the same way that I'm just like in this weird limbo and I don't know what will get us out, like out of that. But yeah, because yeah. like, I think just like we were stuck in, you know, survival mode for so long. Mm-hmm. like for me my survival mode didn't really trigger itself until like a year ago essentially where mm-hmm. um you know the the vaccine was starting to roll out and mm-hmm. people are just growing more and more hatred towards each other and you know for for me personally that's hard to witness because i'm like let's all get along please i know i know same um, I'm the, I'm the way, I'm the same way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and just everything that was going on at work too, and just trying to cope with that as well as like trying to get through a master's program as well as like, I don't really have a com- much of a community up here. And so, and then when this, when the new year came in for 2022 and how it's like, okay, things are kind of going back to normal and then the ukraine war happened i was like i can't i can't handle i can't i cannot (laughs) please stop (laughs) i know i know and and ever since then i'm just like i'm sailing away (laughs) yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah it was it was a lot and you want to have capacity to care mm-hmm. for one another and that like that I think that's really important and yeah sometimes you have to stick your head in the sand a little mm-hmm. bit to <laughs> to manage and again to get you to your your baseline where you can um care for others and stuff like that but yeah I I get that it's I was lucky that when the pandemic really kicked off, I had a steady job mm-hmm. and I could stay at home. I could work from home, like mm-hmm. those types of things. Um, I was really privileged to have. Mm-hmm. So you're so right. I feel like my survival mode really kicked in when it was just the extended periods of time of like, Oh, I haven't seen my, you know, family that lives far, far away or like those Mm -hmm. types of things where it's like, oh, I'm actually like 
bad, bad, or like mm-hmm. or just the other piece, the other shoe dropped and it was um, more, oh, it was harder to hear, like whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it was like my, I think it was like January, 2021. So yeah. Absolutely. And it was, yeah. And it was just like, oh, my yoga studio is closed again. I, cause that's part of my community, part of my, mm-hmm. um, connecting with others and stuff like that. And I just, yeah, it was like, oh no, this is like real bad. <laughs> like this is, <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's when like, you're just, you know, just got to make it to the next day kind of, um, you know, <laughs> mode kicks in. Yeah. It's, ugh, it's exhausting even now just thinking about it. it's like but at the same time like we got through that how did mm-hmm. we do that mm-hmm. we are resilient <laughs> yeah people are resilient and we see that so often especially with minoritized groups about mm-hmm. resiliency and yeah so you said that um, like one of your coping mechanisms is like watching silly reality TV shows and like all the stuff that doesn't matter, but it's like, Hey, it's a good distraction and a good outlet to like pour myself into, mm-hmm. um, what other sort of coping mechanisms work for you? Mm, great question. Yeah. And like, I have to be careful with i will also say like obviously a good coping mechanism yeah is diving into a frivolous tv show or whatever but i did learn also over the last couple years is like when you know when it's coping for good Mm -hmm. and you're you're getting that stress relief and you're relaxing and you're resting or when I'm like distracting myself and mm-hmm. I'm not feeling emotions and I'm just prolonging this yucky feeling, whatever, because I'm distracting myself with TV or TikTok or Instagram or whatever. So that has been a big distinction for me is like when I'm using it, um, And I'm getting the benefits, like the intended benefits that I want. And when I am purposely avoiding um, feeling stuff, et cetera, Mm -hmm. with with these um, TV shows, et cetera. But other coping mechanisms I use, we mentioned therapy. I'm on antidepressants. Mm -hmm. Um, I mentioned yoga that's really important for me really I think a lot of the other things that I think about because again I don't want to just list list the things that people are probably already doing but Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that I have found useful for me is just um making sure that Okay, two things. One might be a little capitalist, but but it's okay. But is like making sure there are things that I do, looping back to our helping mm-hmm. profession conversation, 
it's like I would find weeks weeks would pass and I'm like when was the last time I did something for me or you know made a decision that you know honored me mm-hmm. and um so I just check in with that way more regularly like whether that's declining doing mm-hmm. something at work because I don't have the capacity for it or whether you know I have plans with friends but I feel like I really need to stay home just doing those de- like making those decisions that honor what you need in the moment I think is really helpful and that sometimes is canceling yoga or like whatever like sometimes <laughs> um just listening to yourself but then the other thing I found especially only really with the pandemic is sometimes I would go to bed and I'd be like what did I do today like literally what what did I do today or what did I accomplish which I know is kind of a like again in that kind of like capitalist mindset but I'd be like literally what would I what did I do today and I would just Mm -hmm. feel so bad that I quote unquote did nothing so just I would be like you know what you did a lot you washed your dishes you went grocery shopping you connected with friends Mm -hmm. you um did whatever so I've been just kind of like you know taking account of what I did and Mm -hmm. that's been super super helpful (laughs) it's yes it's um I don't know if you knew this Tori um but I was recently diagnosed with ADHD inattentive just before my 33rd birthday and how just like reading more about that as well as like you know all the education that I've had up to this point it's really been helpful giving myself more grace because like oh this is just the way my brain functions so and having a supportive doctor thank god thank god thank god thank you thank you doctor (laughs) um and just like having that support system that i had all along but it's like i didn't know how to utilize it for so long because i'm just like excessively daydreaming all day (laughs) I get that. I so, so, so get that. Yeah, 100%. It is so weird how we don't give ourselves grace, but we do extend that to other people. Mm-hmm. Like, if someone cancels on me and they're like, you know, I'm just having like an indoor day, I'm not like mad at them or anything mm-hmm. like that. Like, so it's so weird. Why don't you think that? you can do that for yourself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I totally get that. Just trying to turn off those critical thoughts mm-hmm. or examine them. Like that's something that I have been trying to do too. It's like, okay, acknowledge that you're having a critical thought, thinking where that's coming from and, and, mm-hmm. um, moving through that instead of against that Mm -hmm. has been yeah really helpful because sometimes you're right the coping strategy is giving yourself grace Mm -hmm. for allowing yourself to feel and be and doing whatever you need to do to Mm -hmm. you know sometimes survive (laughs) 
Yes, it's that's something I experienced this past week where like, you know, just everything went down the tubes and I was just like, I, I don't know how to handle this because everything was going so well for so long. And then all of a sudden, boom. Um, and like, thankfully my, my peers in class and professor have been really supportive and just, it was just so nice. Cause I was like, I'm always so worried about people judging me when I'm like literally emotionally breaking down on the phone or like in person. Um, because that's what I experienced growing up. Mm-hmm. And so people like are valid are better about validating my feelings or at least the people that are in my life right now. So I, it's part of that collectivism thing again, where it's like collectively, if someone's having an emotional breakdown, validate their feelings. Don't tell them to get over it. Yeah. Cause they 100%. can't not right now. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. It's, and those are the strides I see in, in people as mental health and um, other supports are, you know, improving and, and becoming more mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, people will, yeah, know how to better respond to, to things like that, um, which is so good, which is, you know, keeps you optimistic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, what an exhausting few years it has been. <laughs> I know, 100%, 100%. Yeah, and I think that's something we're all trying to figure out is like, how do we, you know, um, move forward in a way that's good, that's mm-hmm. that acknowledges, you know, what just happened or what's currently happening and... Um, yeah, it gives, gives us space and, and time and grace and stuff like that. And that's tough because, you know, it was something that we hadn't experienced before. So we're still trying to figure those pieces out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And time is precious. Time is mm-hmm. limited, but it's like, it's okay to take that time for yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. That is what I'm learning too, is we think there's a race, but there there isn't a race. And yeah, you can take the time ideally, um, yeah, to figure those things out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I don't want to end on a like sour or or low note so i'm just gonna throw out some questions your way just like a quick get to know you session Mm -hmm. so what current pop culture thing are you currently obsessed with i feel like this is so classic but obviously the don't worry darling drama like i'm still just so obsessed with it like it's just it's so interesting how it all came about and how it's like years in the making like this started in the summer of 2020 (laughs) so yeah i'm still obsessed with the olivia wilde harry styles florence Pugh, especially because those are you know a-list bright lights in hollywood and just want to see how they navigate it next 
yeah, it's I I've been like watching from afar. I'm like, what in the world is happening? And no one knows. That's what we're trying to figure out. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it's just, yeah, you think it's like wild and then the spit gate of it all. Like, it's just, yeah. And then, you know, we see celebs sometimes acknowledge what's going on in the press, which is really interesting too. Like Harry at his next concert in Madison Square Garden acknowledge like oh i just took a quick trip to italy spat on chris pine and came back and it's like it's just interesting how you know people acknowledge it and stuff i know it's like is he goofing or is he being serious and like making fun of i don't understand i, think, I know and i think it's the latter i kind of think he is like is testing the waters i think it happens like oh so my funny. god <laughs> it's so funny like it's just it's absurd i'm into the absurdity of it i uh i made a tiktok about uh when he was going on about you know when you go to the theater it's like a movie and i'm just like oh my who is this oh. man oh my god that literally killed me i was like this is so embarrassing for you know cinema heads everywhere like, the, like this is such a slap in the face for people that like actually take this seriously <laughs> I, I, oh. I was like is he on something is he tired like i don't i don't know does he write his own songs are we sure at this point yeah at this at this point that's a good clue to say that he doesn't but yeah <laughs> yeah could have been all of the above he is in the middle of a 15, 15 show grind Fair. in new york and stuff so mm -hmm. Fair. probably all of the above <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> oh my gosh so all right who's your dream crush Celebrity. Oh, celebrity. It's so embarrassing because I feel like, like, <laughs> like, you know, you're teen. Yeah. Like, who you were obsessed with as a teen. Like, it's like Justin Bieber. <laughs> baby, 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 baby. And he's Canadian and we're Canadian. And oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just, yeah. It just, it, maybe it seemed more attainable then. Like, <laughs> I don't know, but. I've also been really digging, like everybody else, Timothy Chalamet. Mm -hmm. And yeah, who else? Who else have I been into nowadays? I don't know. I don't know. But but yeah, I feel like Justin Bieber is like the the all time, the, the person I'll be following for a really long time. So did you... Uh purchase any of the tim horton bieber <laughs> stuff did it taste good like i was too scared <laughs> yeah honestly the tim the tim bed so the the um i was gonna say bieber balls <laughs> that, that's not what they were called <laughs> the tim the tim beebs the tim beebs they were you know classic <laughs> tim horton's donut flavors it felt like and the coffee I did not enjoy but it's actually interesting because I felt like there was such hysteria over at least the first launch uh -huh. um and you know all of the 
clothing items. Like he had some thermoses and uh, like coffee cups and toques toques and fanny packs and like that type of stuff. Um, But I was at Tim Hortons yesterday and or two days ago and they were still like they had some to sell still. And that was, you know, like six months ago. So maybe he didn't, um, you know, deliver on this the second the second round round of Bieber Tim Hortons merch. When it initially happened, I was like, but but why? Like, does he have an album coming out or is it because he's Canadian? I don't understand. Yeah, I feel like just because he's Canadian and he a lot of paparazzi shots were always of him carrying a Tim Hortons cup. But I, I don't know. Maybe it's because he doesn't have music coming out and he's looking for, you know, some type of income or something like that but yeah he's been a little quiet in the in the music realm lately. yeah well and didn't didn't he have like some sort of health emergency too where like yeah half his face was paralyzed or something crazy like that yeah it was shingles Ugh. but i think shingles in like his eye or somewhere on his face and that it caused paralysis so yeah you're right you're totally right he was on tour oh my gosh yeah that happened he stopped his tour Mm -hmm. so um yeah all the best to him I know he's also been he's had a lot of ups and downs with his mental health and Mm -hmm. it sucks when you can kind of see the um you know, you see the signs mm-hmm. and you see maybe what could be helpful, but that's just, yeah, not happening in his world. So, which is shocking because, like, you know, celebrities have all the the access and the money and the tools to like make it happen. So I don't know who's on his team, who's not helping him in that direction. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think a lot of it is because. The people in his life are, are like his dad and his manager are men and maybe they're not, you know, they have that extra layer of shame yeah. and yeah, bravado and stuff. And then, um, yeah, I think that, yeah, that contributes to it. And then just all the pressures. Mm-hmm of being a celeb and i feel like a lot of celebs are into some like bunk science oh yeah (laughs) yeah so it's like they have they have the finances they have the privilege they probably have the time but they're doing like weird gwyneth paltrow wellness (laughs) stuff instead of like science-based like Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) i mean i'm sorry the Kardashians are also responsible for that too. So one hundred percent with all the douche stuff, yeah, one hundred percent, yeah. So it's interesting. Oh. <laughs> Freaking yeah. Kardashians, man! I know. Um, the what is the most? I'll. This will be the last one, and then we can wrap up. But what is the most recent celebrity breakup that? you were very saddened by 
Yeah, that's a great question. That's such a good question. I feel like the Sean Sean Mendez and Camilla Cabello one. I was another Canadian uh, with Sean. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like bummed about mm-hmm. just because they were dating for such a long time. Yeah, um, they did, didn't they? Yeah, huh. yeah, like probably over five years. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there was another breakup that really like rocked my world recently. Oh, well, even just the Kim and Pete one. Not that I was sad because I thought they were real, but I just liked the content. (laughs) (laughs) And again, the absurdity of like Kim Kardashian, this like mogul, maybe not the top of her game, but like she is, Mm -hmm. will always be just, you know, iconic for for better or for worse. Mm -hmm. Dating someone like Pete Davidson, like just the, again, I was like, what timeline are we in? Like, it's just so weird. So yeah, maybe those two couples. Yeah. So maybe not saddened, like actually sad, but, (laughs) but but just, you know, yeah, exactly. I was just, you know, thinking about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. With I, I don't know why I have a soft spot for Pete Davidson, and it's like I, I want him to succeed, mm-hmm. and like I know he's been through a lot. Um, and it's like every time he jumps into a relationship, I'm like, just slowly, Pete. It's okay to go slowly. Oh no, he got another tattoo. Oh I no, know, I know, one hundred percent. Yeah, there's. There's a part of me that's always rooting for him. And I don't know if it's because he talks about his like bipolar disorder mm-hmm. so openly or he and his substance abuse or if it's, you know, that his dad was a firefighter that passed away in 9-11 mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. is would be the anniversary. We're recording mm-hmm. this on September 11th. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is, but I am always just rooting for him. But yeah, yeah, he, yeah, definitely, in my opinion, rushes into things. I highly agree. And it's like, I don't criticize him for that. Because like, I think, I think he does his best to manage himself, but like, still has a lot of growing up to do. And I don't mean Mm -hmm. that in a mean way. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think that, you know, saying they're so young, it's like, I don't mean that in the rude way that some other people use it, but, (laughs) you know. (laughs) No, totally. 100%. Yeah. For some reason, I have like an inkling and no one has said this. And so I have no idea why I feel this, but like, I feel like they're going to get back together. Really? Yeah. I don't know Mm. why. I just feel like. Yeah, he's been in Australia filming a movie, I think. Oh. And so maybe it was just, you know, the long distance miscommunication or something like that. But yeah, for some reason, I just, I feel like I could see them getting back together or being friends or I don't know, something like that this, yeah. this winter. Yeah. Here's hoping. Hope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just for the... Yeah, and just for the headlines and the tattoos, <laughs> we don't want to have want him to go through getting those removed. <laughs> I know, please don't the pain, the, the pain of the, that. Save yeah. us, 
Same every time. time i'm just like yeah. don't get a tattoo oh he did it oh no yeah. no i'm like oh he won't do that again because he learned from, from the last time <laughs> oh no he's done oh, it <laughs> oh yeah um maybe he like waited like an extra month before he got let's progress <laughs> like, progress has been yeah, made this yeah. day yeah um, god ha- okay i do have a couple more questions okay okay and then I'll let you go. Um, have you been watching The Bachelorette? I need to know. Okay, so I have been, but I'm a, like, okay, so I go, like, on and off. Um, I'm way more casual before I used to be, like, ride or die mm-hmm. every episode. Um, but, yeah, I have been tuning in a little bit, and... Finale's shaping up to be a doozy. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, which, <laughs> you know, I'll I'll be tuning into that for sure. <laughs> yeah. We'll be tuning into that mess that yes. we cannot get away from no matter how hard I I tried. I tried to get I out tried. of the pit. I tried. And Me too. Me too. I have been trying. It's actually so interesting. I have been trying since Becca Kufrin season. That's a long time. I know. To fully extricate myself from Bachelor Nation. And I'm still in it. Oh. Yeah. It's sad. Is it's that, sad. Is that like 2018? Um, yep. I think oh. that's... It's either 2018 or 2019. But oh it just God. shows you what an institution the Bachelor is. I know, and and how they have their just like the Kardashians, they have their little claws and everything. You can't talk about TV, reality TV. You can't talk about pop culture without both of these things. <laughs> I know. It's oh my gosh! I think I definitely would have stopped stopped watching after this last Bachelor season because. Some contestants made me super angry, and the fact that producers just use, you know, uh, ableism as a storyline. Yeah. And it just, it made me so angry. But then, like, because of the virtual community we have created, it's like, I don't have a community up here. So it's like, all right, fine, I'll subject myself to one more season i say that every season one more season yeah yeah i i get that and like that's the genius of how these things work is they create conversations and Mm -hmm. therefore create communities and then you um it's hard to extricate yourself just like i said (laughs) like it's yeah when like the internet culture with like the memes and the internet detectives like finding potholes like the like even just this week with gabby's yellow dress um Mm -hmm. being used in two different episodes um yeah you just you can't get away the one thing i need to look at like was did she use the same hairstyle yes and i think the same (gasps) makeup that's the thing That's the thing. And I feel like also they would never have her outfit repeat well, yeah. on the show because she's the lead. So mm-hmm. it's very suspect. It's so sus. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, as 
I think we would have to make this into a whole nother episode on a later day. But it's like, (laughs) I just want to talk to someone about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard Mm -hmm. trial and just like the ins and outs of that. I I did my trauma crisis class at the same time Mm -hmm. as that was that trial was going on. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah, just like parallel, parallel universes. Uh, It was, oh, God. I have so many. It's heavy. I have so many thoughts about it. But alas, we've been going on for like an hour, 20 minutes or something (laughs) like that. Yes, but that is interesting. And if you do record an episode with or without me, I will be tuning in because (laughs) you're right. Like that is something that should be dissected because it was, it's such a particular not just the case, but the um, internet response mm-hmm. has been so particular. So, um, yeah, I've been diving into, like, all of the, you know, think pieces and threads and stuff like that. And just even looking at Johnny Depp's career. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Over, over 30 years or whatever. Like, yeah, it's been fascinating yeah it's yeah and uh i don't want to say like someone's trauma whether it be johnny depp's or amber heard's i don't want to say oh how fascinating but it's like i i'm fascinated in human behavior and Mm -hmm. emotions and responses and all the stuff if i wasn't interested in that i wouldn't be getting a master's in psychology but i digress yes we may have to have you back on for that because I'm like, oh my God, now I'm like chomping at the bits. I must talk about it. Um, Literally. And I would do want to clarify that when I say fascinating, I really oh, yeah. do mean the like fever mm-hmm. yeah, around Johnny Depp. And mm-hmm. and um, like we were, wa- not we, mm-hmm. like you and I probably, but we as a, again, collective we're watching the trial as if it was, um, I don't know, like just discussing the origins of the pandemic or something, like something that personally affects us. And like, yeah, it was just the, the way that all of that has happened is really fascinating. But yeah, the actual Mm -hmm. case itself is deeply upsetting and, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Disgusting. Yes. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tori, thank you so much for coming on and for sticking with us for the last hour and a half or however long we've been going for. I've lost track, but I had a lot of fun and I hope you come back. Mm, um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And everyone, you can go follow Tori on Ready to Be Petty podcast. Are there any other socials you're involved in? That's it. Yeah. At mm-hmm. RTBP podcast. I do mostly talk about the frivol- frivolous pop culture stuff, but sometimes, obviously, my own work or, um, you know, other social justice values bleed into the pop culture space so Mm -hmm. yeah it's fun 
But thanks for having me. This has been really enjoyable. <laughs> You're welcome. And everyone, uh, you can follow us at We Are The Queen Pod on Instagram. And hopefully Sarah will be back soon. I'm not sure. But don't worry, Sarah. I can hold down the fort <laughs> for a long period of time. So <laughs> thanks, everyone. Have a good one. <laughs>